Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. This is John Massengale sitting in studio with Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser. Oh, Yo. Yeah. End of the Formula One season, boys. Wow. Long year. Can you believe 21 races? It seems like we just started. Mm-mm. I does. I, I swear. To me, it feels like we just started. I know you were countering that, but it feels like to me it just started. Oh, I, man. Just just the turmoil through the entire year. And, and you know, there at the end, I, I was kind of laughing about uh, Max almost getting the shoulder. If, if you happen to be watching it on TV, he kept stepping up and they kept going to somebody else. <laughs> oh, you mean at the podium, at the <laughs> right, interviews? At the yeah. end. Well, it was uh, started off as an exciting race with, uh, with Hulkenberg flipping upside down after running into Grosjean, but it was kind of went out uh, slowly in the, into the rest of the into the race. Kind of kind of boring, actually. No, um, yeah, no fault of Grosjean that incident. Um, you know, just a, a racing incident. Um, yeah, it, 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 big dire consequences for poor old um, Hulkenberg. But um, yeah, no, fair enough. And um, luckily, Grosjean could continue, but obviously, probably not a hundred percent. Right, right. So what? You about, know, I'm surprised there wasn't any damage on that one. Yeah. What about Max hitting Ocon early in the race? there well, again another handshake as Ocon would say <laughs> yeah. no I, I mean he is he's super aggressive and again you know you you do question um you know I don't know I just uh, you know I, if I were Ocon I'd be furious I, it's, that's the thing it's like okay are we gonna have the rules or are we not right I mean that's really what it boils that's down what, I think I, there should have been a penalty I yeah mean, he gave it back gave him the spot back and then you know he came back and got it again but um you know the, the way he did it you know somebody's gonna say yeah well he gave it back to him but then he came back and was like well he didn't give it back to him and get out of DRS range was that too much no you know what it should have been the stewards calling the penalty on that you think yes absolutely okay. yeah I I really do think I mean you know here's the thing you know Senna used to do this until you until you kind of reprimand him until you say right every time you do that you're going to get reprimanded yeah. he'll keep doing it you know on, on, it's it's bad because on one hand I like his I, I like to see some action in the race sure but you just can't do that I mean if everybody on the track was doing that we'd have mayhem well, and if it, I mean, let's not go too far back in history to look at, at what Ocon and Perez were doing before before Force India said, whoa, boys, <laughs> let's stop this because you're just taking each other out every week. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Last absolutely. year? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's, uh, you know, back to Max being involved in it. Azerbaijan, when he takes Daniel out with his second move on that braking section and takes <laughs> takes his teammate out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, let me run down the end of the, the, uh, the grid for the race here. Let's see. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, Daniel Ricciardo, Valtteri Bottas, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc in seventh, Perez, Grosjean, and Magnussen nine and tenth. So double points 
points for the Haas team. And Alonso in 11th, just outside the points, finishing his career. Uh, Brendan Hartley. I don't think he cared. Yeah, I don't think he cared. No, uh, 1,800 points, he said. <laughs> 1,800 points, yeah. Lance Stroll, uh, Stoffel Van Doren, Sergei Sorokin. Those are the ones that finished. And the, we had a lot of DNFs. Gasly, Ocon, Ericsson, Raikkonen, and Hulkenberg. Raikkonen's finishing his career with Ferrari, sitting in the pits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, chapters closed today. Um, we, we can talk about all of them. Or we can talk about some of them. Uh, some are more auspicious than others. Uh, obviously, the obvious one is Fernando Alonso. Um, you know, there's been a lot of pomp and circumstance about him quitting. Um, I think it's a shame, but it's understandable. He's a competitive guy. He wants to do something different. I don't blame him. Um, and I don't think it's over. I think if the opportunity were to come up and the stars aligned uh, or somebody were to not be in a position to race, I think Fernando would be a fantastic guy to come in and he would enjoy it. I've got to say, I'm, I'm already looking forward to seeing what Carlos Sainz does on that team. Coming in to fill that spot should be interesting. Yeah. Hey, let's hear from Fernando Alonso on his team radio because it was pretty funny with his points. Here's Fernando Alonso. What is the fastest lap? Okay, Fernando, there are five laps to go. Five laps to go. Last time round, you were six tenths quicker than Grosjean. Gap to him currently 5.6 seconds. There's a point here for grabs, mate. There's a point here for grabs. Let's go get him. Let's go get him. More performance. Multi C2, position one, please. C2, position one. I have 1,800 points. Well, for me, make it 1,801. <laughs> So, where, yeah, why couldn't he have been in that position? Where was that C2 position for the last three years? I, but yeah, let's let's turn the wick up, boys. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just like, couldn't we have used that earlier? We've already yeah. got 1,800. Oh, so what other from the race, boys? We had, I mean, obviously it wasn't the greatest, most exciting race today. No, but, no. But, uh, what about Vettel's 3.7 second pit stop? Remember that? It was early on in the race. I was like, man, what the heck? Yeah, that, that was, you know, stopping for tea. He was trying to do an undercut and ended up coming out behind Ocon. That was early in the race. A couple others. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know, when Max racing Botas, obviously with that with that points, that position, driver standings up for grabs, they were battling hard. Lap 38, uh, Max went by Botas. And, and in fact, I think Ricardo went by Botas right after that. Yeah. Yeah. I tailed him through there. That was excellent. I really was watching Ricardo. I thought he was going to make it all the way up because at one point he had much better tires than Max. But I think he used them up in closing that gap up to his, uh, you know, close to two second range. That was awesome, though. Uh, and, you know, I think it was uh, gratuitous to give Fernando the uh, driver of the day. But uh, I got to say, I would have been behind Daniel Ricciardo getting it. I mean, Verstappen did the job, didn't he? Um, he yeah, That's true. Basically has got the place overall, uh, beat Botas on the road, d- job done. Yes, sir. And I don't know, the other stories in the race. Uh, wow, Ocon stuck on pit road. I'm just looking through some of my notes. He had locked rear brakes. That was lap 47. That was ugly. Gasly blowing smoke and uh, being afraid of the fire, jumping on his radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Put out had, the fire. He had no way what, of knowing what was going on, except there was plenty of smoke blowing over him. And, and the marshals were standing there. Go ahead, let them, you know, give the uh, fire extinguisher up the exhaust pipe and take it out. You know, we had a lot of activity and I, all, all said and done, Hamilton won, Vettel too. Same as the season after all that today. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, uh, very dominant season for Mercedes. There's no question about it. Um, you know, 11th pole uh, and 11th, I mean, you know, it's 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 record equaling, if not record breaking again. But uh, as Hamilton continues to kind of go up the ladder, uh, there's no question in, um, you know, I look back three 
before, well, I, I look about, about when Michael Schumacher was racing for Mercedes and they were a joke, frankly. And everybody said, what are they doing in Formula One? This is embarrassing. Uh, it's nice that Michael's racing for his old team because he started in sports cars with Mercedes. But yeah. they said that uh, Mercedes weren't ever going to do anything. You know, they weren't doing anything and it was, you know, it was just yeah. it was just not a competitive car. And now look at it, you know. Well, history's 2020, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, th I think one of the things is, you know, they definitely got a jump when they traded to the six cylinders. Uh, yeah, they the really, diffuser thing and everything. Yeah, that changed everything for that team. Uh, it, that's a market that they were in already in the consumer world. So, you know, I don't know how much engineering actually played into it from the consumer world, but it was something they had dealt with. Ferrari, have you seen a six-cylinder Ferrari before then? Mm. So <laughs> I, I really don't know. Um, I, I was also interested by um, Lewis Hamilton saying that that car was one of the most... Um, he'll remember this car more than any because it wasn't the easiest of cars. He's admitted it. Uh, and, and I keep keep going back to this fact that, that I think this has been a, a struggle for Mercedes this year uh, for two reasons. One, I don't think this was the perfect car and they have had when Rosberg and, and Hamilton were going head to head. I think they did have the perfect car. Um, this was more of a struggle. This was more of a fight. And I think Hamilton, if I'm reading through the lines correctly, uh, is saying that this championship was hard fought. Now, I think Ferrari also were better equipped, um, but they dropped the ball because they had a chance to win this title. So Mercedes had to be on their uh, uh, metal, but they were innovating all the way through right to the end with the, with the wheels. Um, it sounds a really impressive technology they've got to basically manage the tire temperature um, with this this hollow wheel uh, technology. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that develops in 2019. Yeah, it's true. And I think that Ferrari was way more competitive. You touched on it, but they were way more competitive this year. And I think that with the mistakes that Vettel made, we touched on this earlier in a, uh, the other show, but it was Vettel made a lot of mistakes this year. And had he not made some of those, I think it could have been more competitive. You know, you could go down the list. Yeah, and Raikkonen won, obviously, here at Coda. But, I mean, you know, I, I kept thinking he got podium after podium after podium, but he just was always second up to Vettel. And, um, you know, I I love to see Raikkonen when he's doing what he did at uh, Cota. Uh, that, I really enjoyed that weekend that um, has, for that reason. that Him winning that race, not just because it's right here in Austin, but I think that was, for me, it was one of the highlights of the season, for sure. Yeah, well, he drove so well, too. Yep. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of good reasons. Um, but, I, I mean, you can't take it away. Mercedes dominated the year again. Um, and Hamilton was sublime. I mean, to be fair, I think, um, you know, history is 2020. In the heat of the moment, we've just finished the season. But if I'm looking back at this season and somebody says to me, well, what was what was so good about the 2018 season? I'm going to say uh, Hamilton was at his sublime. He was at his finest. Um, I don't think I've seen him drive better. Some of those qualifying laps especially um, were top draw. And I don't think any... I mean, Vettel can go home and lick his wounds. Um, but if he really does look over every race and every qualifying session, he was beaten by the better man. Yeah. yeah. And beaten yeah. by... I mean, you, where, is this, where is Hamilton's place in history now? You right. Know? Fifth title. Um, he's just... The only man that's basically ahead of him now is Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at... When you set them aside, you know, not just stats... Is it Senna? I mean, what's the order? Schumacher, Senna? Well, four Hamilton. titles for Prost, three titles for Senna, five titles for Fangio, and now Hamilton, and four titles for Vettel, obviously. I mean, I, I, I sometimes think it's a little skewed because when cars get into the purple patch, i.e. when Ferrari had their time, and right, Michael yeah. won all those titles, uh, when Williams won their titles, uh, and now McLaren, uh, sorry, now uh, Mercedes, but McLaren had that same sort of thing too. So everybody, you know, if you hit it right, which Vettel did, which Hamilton has, um, 
you know, and Rosberg did, you know, that you just right time, right place. And that's why as Botas, you never know. Um, Hamilton could have a problem at Australia next year and Botas is leading the team yeah. for, for the title. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about the, you know, the best of, of all time, because then you think Alonso, he didn't win. He has none of those championships, but where does he fall? Well, he's got something. Yeah. He's I got mean, I said two. none. Yeah. None, yeah. none of those five championships. He's got two, but where does he fall on that list? I, I agree. It's hard to put him on that list. And I think that's part of the decision, which is there was no there was no hope in sight of, of doing anything more in Formula One because the doors had all closed um, in terms of the driver market. You know, the merry-go-round that is. Um, you know, you gotta you got to find a chair when the music stops. And, you know, frankly, uh, I think he's doing the right thing for his own career. Uh, I think he'll enjoy the next two years, whatever he does. Uh, and I know what he's going to do. Obviously, he's going to do a little bit of indie. He's going to do, you know, whatever he wants. But the point is, I think he'll enjoy his racing. Hey, I want to play a clip from uh, today's race because one of the highlights of this year has been Max Verstappen watching him. Oh yeah, uh, you know, go from he's not dull, is he? He's not. He's nah. not dull. Uh, but I want to play this clip. Let's play his team radio clip from Verstappen. Copy. Try to talk rotary. Smooth. Listen, listen. I'm weird engine breaking. Well, going up on talk is only going to help that, and I am listening. You don't need to listen. <laughs> yeah. Settle down, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think that's the essence. I mean, you, it, that, in that 30-second clip, you've got the whole to... essence yeah. of who he is and where he is, which is he's really good, um, and he's really fast, but he's also a little, to use the expression, cocksure, um, in, in that he's a little too sure of himself sometimes. The engineer is there to guide him and listen and, and advise him as best he can. So when he advises him um, to do whatever with the talk or change the car, it's for his benefit not to have an argument. And, uh, you know, you know, hey, it's hard. The adrenaline's running. You're in the top of your game. Yeah. You are. I mean, when you're driving a, a machine at 180 miles an hour, you've got to think like you're in control and that nothing you doubt nothing because <laughs> you are risking everything. So, yeah, I can imagine the little petulance there. Yeah, and you have to have that supreme confidence. Sure. At this level, if you don't think you're the best, but, then you don't need to be out there. But the champions also have some pr supreme confidence in their engineers and that's the difference when yeah. you see yeah. guys win a championship like Michael it was Ross Braun it was yeah. you know the guys behind you know Ross Braun was brilliant with Michael he would come on clear, clear as Michael you have a three second lead and, he, he, and Michael would just it was a calming voice whereas you see Verstappen's not there yet yeah. uh, I mean to be honest uh, look at Jimmy jo you know you listen to NASCAR same thing uh, you listen to IndyCar you know the guys are really Really good with their drivers. Dixon and his engineer are fantastic to listen to. And listen to Lewis Hamilton after every oh, yeah. race. Oh, yeah. He just praises everybody on his team. And, you know, the few times that he's asked, I mean, even today, is this where you thought I'd be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Coming out, is this where you thought I'd be? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, boys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue. We're going to talk a lot about the rest of the season. Call in. I mean, the, 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 the season in review. Yeah, call in. 512-643-LIVE. 512 Eight three back after these messages. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers, and I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. 
Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MB Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at MotoAustin.com. The Austin East KOA Campground. Just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit AustinEastKOA.com. Lone Star Rallycross, a family-friendly time trial loose surface racing series with affordable events, quality competition, and an emphasis on having fun. Co-founded by multi-time SCCA solo and Rallycross national champion, Rally America class champion, and Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner Breanne Korn and her brother Kevin Korn. Race the same car you drive to work on Monday. Just 20 minutes from the Circuit of the Americas at the state's only purpose-built Rally Cross facility online at LoneStarRallyCross.com. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City Live in Austin. Gene Haas and Will. Gene Haas and sit down. Gene Haas getting jiggy with it. Get jiggy. He had a good day today, didn't he? They he had, had him lots everywhere. of fun. They had him operating the camera. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he is actually doing, it, it's his 50th birthday this year, and he's been doing his bucket list, he said. He's starting on it. Well, I hope we're not going to see the end of that anytime soon, but so far <laughs> he ran a half marathon in Cuba, did that. He bungee That's jumped. his bucket list? A half marathon in Cuba? Yeah. I, I'm not wow. sure. Well, we, he needs Maybe to sit, a combination I need to have a long sit down and talk with <laughs> yeah. him, man. Yeah. <laughs> so he did that. He uh, Where's the fresh bell of Prince Bel-Air gone? <laughs> yeah, he bungee jumped somewhere and... And so that was real cool. And uh, he wanted to come back to the F1 race. Uh, he met Lewis at Monaco about five years ago. And he wanted to come back and hang with Lewis at one of the races. And that's what he did today. And apparently he got behind the camera. How about that? Yeah, he was operating it. How about the Instagram too? He, there's a good spoof one where he, he ties up Lewis in duct tape before the race, puts <laughs> the overalls on and says, I'm going out. Yeah, he teased he would. <laughs> yeah, he uh, looks a yeah. lot like Lewis Hamilton, except about a foot and a half taller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he was uh, all trimmed up and ready to sit in for Lewis if he needed some backup. Yeah, I like it. Oh, the, the uh, what was his original, uh, oh, not Fresh Prince, oh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Grandpa? No, go ahead. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about the, the 2018 season here after Formula One's wrapped up. Larry, call in. I want to hear what you think of the season. Uh, he, hey! He is on. As if by magic. <laughs> hey, Larry, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going good today. I'm telling you, just out here living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Where, Where are you, are buddy? You? Uh, 
this is a season for the ages. I don't remember ever a season like this in my in my living memory. I don't ever remember a season like this. The amount of action on the track, the overtaking, the competitiveness of the field, uh, the the fights that were going on between competitors. We have competitors that can have a career like right now. I think we're looking at Vettel and Hamilton, like without the longevity of Petty and Pearson. God rest David Pearson. Running one and two, battling each other. Hamilton's definitely winning the war, and he is a great champion. He's going to continue to be a great champion. And then you have all the up-and-comers. It's the year also of the young drivers. Leclerc, now you're bringing up so many more young drivers, George Russell, and now we have Tatiana Calderon. I don't know if she'll ever get a ride, but she's proven she's got a lot of speed. She's got a test on, uh, she's got a test tomorrow, in fact, uh, for the um, Sabah team, and also for GP2. It'll be interesting to see how she does in GP2 under the tighter competition to see because she is a little older. Yeah. I mean, she, she really, she should already be in a seat at the age she is compared to who would be her contemporaries. But it's interesting to see how it goes. And I cannot tell you how elated I am for Robert Kubica. Yeah, that's good. For Robert. So have you followed his career? I mean, it is it is a fascinating, we're going to talk more about it uh, in a minute, uh, but it's a fascinating uh, story in many ways um, because he, he was on, I was telling the boys yesterday, he was on the verge of getting a, he had a Ferrari contract in his back pocket before that uh, rally crash. Yes, he did have a, and nobody knew that, that he had a Ferrari contract in his back pocket. And that crash not just almost took his arm off, it damn near killed him. Yeah, it's and true. And for him to get back in a car and continue to compete, he had to have follow-on surgeries to get his arm function to where it could actually go. I don't, I think he really has overcome his physical limitations. He really has overcome his physical limitations. And and for him to be able to work with that Williams team, because they, it was in the pre-race show and you said that car's a dog. <laughs> and it, it's true, that car was a dog. And when they had that very unusual nose with the double drop off the nose to the wing, it started really going downhill. They missed something in that chassis design. And it's really a shame to have that team that functioned at such a high level down there where they are now. And hopefully Robert Kubica can help them get that team turned around because that's one of the great names that should be higher up on the grid. It really should. I'd like to see that become resurgent, but they've just got to get some more talent behind the engineering, like you said. The calm voice on the radio that helps guys focus in the race car and focus in the proper direction. And Max has to have that. He really does. Max Verstappen has to have that. He can't be arguing with his team. Focus on driving the car and trust your team, and you will do well. He has a, he has a generational talent as well. If that car with the Honda engine, Honda gets it together and gives them horsepower, next year is going to be greater than this year was if you have a truly three-way fight. And then with the midfield, the drama in the midfield, there's such bad blood between Renault and Haas <laughs> and the fourth Indian Haas. I hope they win their appeal. I really do hope they lost they it, unfortunately. Well, you know, they, they, they may appeal. You're absolutely right. They may still win that. You know, I still think that Verstappen, I'm th- sitting here thinking about what you're saying, Larry, and and he is a generational talent, probably, but he, he's so immature. There's a lot to go here for him. And, he, and I don't know, is he going to grow into the driver that we that he could be? But if he doesn't grow some more, then I don't think he will be that. I don't think, I need, here's the thing that I think he needs, and it's interesting because Kubica has it. He is extremely engineering-based, very knowledgeable. He can talk about the car. He worked a lot with the uh, 41 team, uh, Rob, 
Robert worked with the Williams 41 team, Max doesn't seem to have any technical knowledge of his own car. Quite honestly, that's one thing I've noticed. Hmm. Well, you don't have to know how they work to drive them, but it helps. If you're struggling, interfacing with the engineers can help. But if but if you know how to drive them, you don't have to know how they work. But I see a lot of Alonzo in Verstappen, and he needs yeah. to look at Alonzo's career and the unfulfilled promise of it and see <laughs> himself in that story. I know. That's interesting. Larry's That's making good... the same mistake I did. It's like, okay, the unfulfilled promise. He did win two championships, but I know we could have seen so it's much still, more. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you're right. He's on the he's on the verge of either being a great and being nurtured into a great. That's what his engineer was trying to say to him today, which is like, I got you, I've got you back. That's what I'm here for. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, and he just needs to just calm down and trust the process, as they say. Yeah, he really does because he's got a good team behind him. He's got a real good team behind him. It is a premium seat in that series at the highest level of motorsports in the world, and he needs to realize that and get a little bit of humility that seems like Lewis Hamilton has in space. Yeah. That man humble. He really, truly is humble and understands the gift that he has been given. And Verstappen is coming from, he's privileged. He is a privileged character. He really needs to get a dose of humble pie, which would help both his team and him and fulfill the promise that he has in those two hands and those two feet and that mind of his to drive a race car because God made that boy to drive a race car. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder but his dad did too so I think there's a little bit of family chip there uh, it's just us against the world a little bit uh, with Verstappen's um, but that's you know that's how he goes racing and I mean let's face it you know y- you could name a few basketball players and a few football players that, that when they play angry they play good so yeah. you know Hey Larry you talked about the season and it, it is I think you're right we have to kind of step back and look at what an amazing season this was really I mean going into it there was a little trepidation we weren't sure what we were going to get this season were we going to get you know Mercedes run away with it again or but so what were some of your favorite spots from the season larry well i was laughing out loud at christian horner's conference in this race <laughs> <laughs> oh that he's one of the real characters in, this, in the sport of f1 he he married a spice girl <laughs> yeah that's right oh, forget that he's, li- he's living large married to a spice girl yeah and and he really does have a great sense of humor and i think he can take it as well as dish it out in, in the stodgy world of f1 he really does a sunshine and a breath of fresh air Christian order to just continue to pile on the cliches here. Stodgy world of Formula One. Good English expression, Larry. I love it. <laughs> By the way, just while, while we got you on the line, I just want to update you and, and for you to keep an eye on this. Um, Tatiana Calderon, I'm glad you picked up on her because I'm really looking forward to see how she gets on. She's testing for the F2 Sharus uh, team um, and she's going to test both cars in the next couple of days. As you know, she did a, a, a Sauber test at Mexico City for her uh, F1-related team because she's the official reserve driver. But uh, her hope is to be in F2 next year, having been in GP3 uh, this year. And she didn't change the world in GP3, um, but uh, got a couple of good, decent results. But um, yeah, she's an interesting prospect. And as you say, she's a little older um, and she's taken her time to get where she's going, but she stayed in single-seaters and she's done a good job. Hey, Larry, thanks for calling in, buddy. And thanks for calling in all season. And uh, of course, we're going to be back doing the same pre and post next year. And of course, our regular Sunday night show. So, uh, Larry, thanks a lot, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, no problem. I've really enjoyed this season and really enjoyed the coverage and the commentary from you gentlemen has really been exciting for me to see this kind of F1 effort in this country because
because I've loved it for so long. And thank you. I really do enjoy it. Thank you ever so much. And you're also gracious with your time with me. And for that, I thank you as well. God bless you all. all right. Hey, thanks, Larry. We'll see you next season. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's right, Larry. Hey, be sure and uh, you know check us out on Facebook. We've got social media, you know, all of those things going on. And you can keep up with our podcast during off-season. We've always got something to talk about. Yeah. Oh, we got lots to talk about this year. Oh, uh, yeah. And if you uh, you can check our podcast out. You can go to our website. It's always there, speedcitybroadcast.com or iTunes. And if you uh, if you do like us on iTunes, give us a, one of those thumbs up or whatever you get on iTunes, a like or a thumbs up or whatever. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about the season. We're also going to talk about Macau, the Macau Grand Prix that Jonathan was just commentating at. Hanging like a cow? No, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> All right, listen to Speed City Live in Austin back after these messages. All right, we want to welcome Sean Walker with Haggerty Insurance to the show, and we're going to talk Porsche. We're going to talk collector cars. Porsche or Porsche? Either one, whatever you want to You'll call it. You'll get in trouble I, I no matter which you say. Uh, yeah, exactly. Somebody will yell at you. I think if you own one, it's Porsche. Yeah, if I think you don't you're right. own one, it's Yeah, if you're from Texas. I'll try to remember that. Porsche. <laughs> it's Porsche. All right, well, Sean, you've been you've been doing some research about the market, the collector market. Let's Last, dig you were in. looking for a car. What were you looking for? I would like to get a pre-89 911 Coupe. Okay. The valuations on those run anywhere from a about 25k to 80 or 90k right <laughs> so what i'm doing at this point is i'm really making a point of studying what makes the difference between a 25k porsche and that 90k porsche well i think that's the fun of porsche is that they had so many trims so many engines so many different setups in the same car so you could be looking at two 911s and really be looking at two different cars but not know it if you don't know what you're looking at additionally if you're looking to buy a car especially a collector car you want to make sure that your collector car appreciates appreciates in value over time. So you always want to buy in at the right time in the market. So I wonder if Porsche is, if it's the right time to buy Porsche. So basically I just looked at the market overall for resale collector vehicles. And we found that about half of the cars that put on the market this year in a auction fashion were bid less than sticker price. And of that 50% snippet that we took, there was really only a 1% increase in the overall value. of What I am seeing, uh, the two fours are increasing, still increasing. The two sevens, not not so much, and the three O's are definitely increasing some now. That's what I'm seeing on my own independent study before you and I talked about yeah. having this discussion. There you go. Well, hopefully you've been looking at the Haggerty valuation tool. Of course. Where you're getting your information Absolutely. Because you can get <laughs> graphs on this stuff. So you can actually see where your car did, where it was two years ago, where we think it's going to go two years from now. Right now, the middle market of cars, the middle market of Porsche especially, so like your 918s, your 933s, they're just performing below average on a bid base. So prices are coming out just fine, but people aren't paying those prices. So we're not seeing a lot of gavels for the ass value or any reserve. Hmm. So they're kind of underperforming at the moment, but there's it's not all gloom and doom. There's still a lot of room in that Porsche world to grow. We know that if you get the right Porsche, you're going to do fine, right? Now, what the right Porsche is right now, unfortunately, is out of most of our uh, spending ranges. Yeah. So the high-end Porsches, your Carrera GTs, your 918s, these, are doing, yeah, yeah. They, these are doing very, very well in the market. They're selling like hotcakes and they're going on the block a lot. So we're seeing a lot of them, but they're still performing at a high level. It's the middle market cars that are kind of taking a hit. 
I've honestly been looking more towards some of the hot rod Porsches or the outlaws, if you will, uh, yeah. that, that are mixed up in parts a little bit. They're not the purest. They don't have the matching numbers often. A lot of times it is, uh, oh, they took some later brakes and put on it. They took a later motor and put in it, things like that. How does that play into that? I think that's the change we're seeing in the whole overall market of this hobby we have is that people are kind of straying away from the restoration uh, numbers matching car and they're seeing more of what did you do to this? What can I do to this? Bolt on parts, OEM, you know, parts, but they're making it their own. So the market for those cars is really doing well. In fact, 47% of the quotes we did on Porsches this year were for millennial and Gen X uh, buyers and, huh, and wow. drivers. So the newer car guy is into the Porsche. So we know my, that it's going to do well. My son, who's 20 years old, is in contrast, similar money, like 25 to 35, but looking at 996s. Obviously, yeah. they have that that IMS that you have to right. repair or be prepared People make to. make such a big That's, deal about this IMS bearing. It's not that big of a deal. You can swap that bad boy out. You're good to go. Yeah. People are so afraid of the IMS bearing for some, whatever reason that they, the prices have stayed fair. Think low. of it like a timing chain. Take care of yeah, it. Yeah, there not you go. Not a problem. That's a perfect yeah. example. Well, Sean exactly. Walker with Haggerty Insurance, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll look forward to the next episode of this. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next All time. All right. Thanks, Sean. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're kind of in the glow of the 2018 Formula One season, and we have several things I want to talk about. One of them, though, we yeah, I know we rooted for Haas, and it was kind of a little bit disappointing at the end. By the way, if you want to join the conversation, 512-643-LIVE, 512-643. Yeah, let's see what you've got to say about the season. See what your thoughts are. Yeah, 6435483. But I'm just, F1, what were you going to say? I'm just amazed. Grosjean went through that encounter and had no damage of any significance. Oh, today's race. Yeah, that's true. They said he had a little front wing damage, but apparently not enough to make him come in and swap it out. You were going to say Haas, yeah. uh, third year. Yeah, third year. All right, so we had, I say we, Haas had uh, 29 points in 2016. They had 47 in 2017. And then this year, let's see what our final total was because, I mean, we talked about them battling for the the, the final spot, the fourth spot with Renault. But so 93 points. That's really impressive. I mean, think about that, We'll guys. take it. That is a huge... Who's behind huge, them? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, that's true. All right. Hey, we got a caller on though. We got Andy from Chicago. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, how goes it? It's Andy P. How are you? Yay! Hey, Andy P. How's it going? How's man, it going, man? Bright. And we sunny thought, in we Austin, thought you'd Texas. lost your phone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bright nah, and sunny. Nah, the phone's working. The phone's working. I'm just uh, it's a little cold up here in Chicago, trying to get the fingers to work properly. Ah, I it's see. A little hard. Yeah, We're all in t-shirts. It's cold here in Austin. It's like 65 or something. Well, your cold and my cold are a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Andy? Um, just wanted to call in. Uh, one, I wanted to say thanks for everything that you guys did all year. I think the show is great. Um, two, um, had a question about hot. Um, one, I'm glad that they made P5 in the constructors. That That's actually quite an achievement given how young the team is. Um, but where do they go from here? How do they get kind of out of the shadow of being thought of in Europe as kind of a Ferrari B team? And where do you see them going in the next maybe four or five years? Uh, you know, do they have you know, a shot at podiums and a win? <sighs> 
You know, that's a really good question. I, I fear for one reason, that they, they planted themselves as the junior Ferrari team a couple of years ago when they started, and that gave them a huge, you know, vaunt straight into the midfield, which was a smart, smart move. But look at what Alfa Romeo and Sauber have done as a junior Ferrari team this year. And I think Ferrari have cottoned on to what Haas has achieved in such a short space of time and said, well, hang on a minute, we own Sauber and Alfa Romeo and all that kind of stuff. Let, let's make them the next team. And I think the qualifying, it's not just Leclerc being a strong driver. I think both Leclerc and Ericsson at the end of the season are showing what Sauber's going to be. And I think that's another reason why Kimi's going there next year. So uh, that doesn't answer your question. I think Haas now need to concentrate on being Haas and less Ferrari. And what I mean by that is as we go towards the 21 uh, rules, Haas needs to start. They've already got a uh, rich energy. They've got a title sponsor next year. Um, I think we'll see a move away. Uh, and now obviously they're a machine company anyway. So I think we might see them become more of their own entity and more of the Gene Haas influence and, and as they stand in their own right as a midfield team rather than a Ferrari junior team. Would you agree? Um, I, I think that they're going to, I, I'd like to see them solidify maybe P5, P4. I'd love to see them somehow find a way to fight for podiums. I don't know how you solve this top six yeah. versus the rat issue that just is so rampant in, in the sport right now. Um, well, let me it's going to be hard for them, I know, but I think if anyone can pull it off, I mean, Gene Haas knows how to invent, and I hope that they can come up with something good. Let me let me ask you a question, and I'll pre-show. We had a bit of fisticuffs, me and Les. Um, <laughs> I said that I thought it was a really good thing that Grosjean and Magnussen were the stable team in Formula 1, and they're going forward that way with Gunter. Uh, he said it, he'd like to see a bit of a shake-up. What do you think? I just don't know who else you're going to get right now. Boom. That's exactly I what I now, said. I'm with you, Andy P. <laughs> I mean, I think for now, Grosjean is probably the uh, a very stabilizing force in that team. He kind of knows, he does know how to win. Um, like to see that moving forward. I like Kevin Magnuson a lot. Uh, the guy's always shown a lot of talent. I figure, I always thought he got kind of a raw deal at McLaren. Yeah, I agree. So it's good to see him, you know, fighting forward. And he's kind of, he shed the bad boy image that, he, that he's had for a long time. So um, I, I'm hoping for good things moving forward. Yeah, me too. And I think this that, that consistency will um, be important. Uh, now I think you're right. They've got to, they've got to build on this. But this is a, a tremendous watershed year for Haas. I mean, they have punched way above their weight uh, to take on Renault, factory team, Force India, uh, and wipe the floor with McLaren and Williams, two of the most successful teams. In, in, you know, And I don't care. You can say, oh, well, the McLaren didn't have the good aerodynamics. Hey, you all start with the same, you know, effectively. So for whatever reason, Haas have got it right. And maybe, Andy, how about this? Look, we are looking for changes, right? You're talking about how do we fix this? the big three, the top six drivers. Maybe these changes for 2019 is, is a step in that direction. We are going to get some aerodynamic changes. Supposedly going to make some things that are more competitive. So I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is a huge issue and it is probably the, the biggest issue in the whole sport is thinking about how we do this, how we make it more competitive. Yeah, race to race more competitive, but maybe that's it. I don't know, Andy. Maybe that's the, that's the only thing I, I can come up with in the short term. I certainly like where the direction of the 19 arrow. I mean, if you guys ever look at my Twitter, you guys know I, I hate the fact that you get cars that get close and can't overtake, and that just drives me crazy. Um, this race was actually a, a really good example of that, where, you know, you, you get within four seconds, and everybody just seems to want to stop because they hit this, you know, wall of air that they can't seem to fight through. So it, it would be great to see that if that 19 arrow rules, I know they're going to take a lot of downforce off the front wing. I 
love what it did in IndyCar. You took Arrow off, the racing came alive, so that certainly helped it. Um, and I want to see the, the the 2021 rules go in that direction. So let's hope 19 is a good experiment um, to see if the racing can come alive a little bit more. And then if that's the case, then go all in on the 2021 rules would be my uh, advice to Tom. Are you building a track in Chicago for us? We'll come racing there? <laughs> uh, we have Chicagoland Speedway up here, but unfortunately it's an oval, so I don't see F1 coming this way. So <laughs> I, I try to make it down at least once a year, obviously for Coda. Um, you guys saw my, my pictures at the race, so um, yeah. I, I'm debating whether or not I want to come down for IndyCar. I'm hoping I can make what? that happen. Debating? Debating? Come on. What are you, what are you debating about? <laughs> They're going to have T-shirts for sale well, there. And you have an parka. official invite from the three of us. And, and you know what? If you want some tickets, we'll get you some tickets, Andy. So there's no excuse now. You got free tickets. <laughs> you, get, you can stay at, at Jonathan's uh, house. Did, did that just happen? That, that just happened. We just gave away tickets right there on the spot, Andy P. <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. I guess I will be seeing you in March. All right, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> see, March 22nd. We'll see hey, you We're going to do this one caller at a time. We're going to fill the stands. <laughs> <and cover. laughs> hey, Andy, Andy will be a good one, though. Awesome uh, minds, baby. <laughs> Got it. Hey, Andy, thanks a lot for listening all year. We really appreciate it. And, of course, you know, we're going to be – we got our, our podcast and our regular Sunday night show here in Austin and everything else. So we're uh, we're not – we don't go dark during the off season, buddy. And I'm going to New Zealand, so I'll be getting you up to date on who is coming up who's through the next? ranks. Yeah, yeah the who's Toyota next? Racing Series. That's right. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you calling and, well, and listening, buddy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the tickets, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> all right, buddy. See ya. Hey, lucky man. Lucky man. There you go. I like it. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, I do – I, I was just touching on some of that Haas stuff. There's actually a, a few more little tidbits from that. You know, this is, uh, we had double points today, right? So this is the fifth time this year, double points. Yeah, and you know what? Look at what, you reminded me, what could have happened to Haas? They could have easily oh. been fourth if Australia had gone right. I mean, there was yeah, several. that's right. There was several times where they, they had problems, but Australia was the most obvious. They were running, what, fourth and fifth? Fourth and fifth. I mean, that, that alone would have almost made up the gap all yeah. by itself. And when you think about some of the problems that they've overcome, like the breaking issues from last year and so on and so forth. I mean, I don't remember any specific issues this year that really held them back. They were consistently good. 13 of 21 races, they scored points. Uh, they did not go more than two races without getting points. Uh, like I said, five double points. Uh, I mean, I mean, and the fact that they were fourth. They were fourth and fifth. Yeah, yeah. And they've been they've been in fifth position multiple times this year. I think... Kota was the turning point in many ways. Yeah, that's true. I think you're going to see... I I think, I mean, it's just just statistically looking at it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see a podium or two next year. Yeah, and I think, you know, he Andy quite rightly asked the question, what next? And, and I think that's the expectation now, is that we now should be expecting Haas, as American fans, to be racing for the top four, and like you say, getting some podiums. Uh, Grosjean and Magnussen, both capable uh, of doing that. And I, you know, I just hope the progression continues. You bet. I think they will. I think they will. You know, we've seen consistency more so in the performance. When everybody's out there and they're on it, uh, you're seeing a stronger, consistent performance there. And so I think that's what it's going to take. Staying out of trouble with the other drivers, obviously, but uh, they're coming around. You know, I'm just wondering, and Andy said it, he's, you know, Gene Haas, the guy has built a multi-billion dollar company in Haas Automation. He's won championships in NASCAR. I mean, what are, what is, I'm, I just... I'm, What's the plan? Yeah, what is the plan? What strategic partnership or, you know, he's obviously got it with Ferrari, but what, what could he do? I, I just don't have an answer. I, I, I do think it's interesting that finally they're branching out into some title sponsorship, and I think that's going to start to, you know, it, it's not all 
coming out of Gene's pocket anymore, uh, and that means that they can go forward. Yeah, um, yeah. And I do I think, think we, that that's a, a significant look. Money, money makes the world and Formula One go around. It's very sure. obvious. Well, and research isn't cheap. I mean, researching is is more than anything learning from failures. You learn more from what you didn't get right than you do what you and, should uh, get right. I mean, if I'm if I'm being serious about the answer, uh, the question is, I would now put more time into the modern technology of simulation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to get more. more I mean, there isn't going to be any more testing time, but like you say, there's going to be rule changes that the people who work on, on, on behind the scenes on the aerodynamics, whether simulated or not, um, are going to have the advantage. And I think anything they can glean from Ferrari, I think, I, I mean, if I were Gene Haas, I'd be making sure that, uh, uh, that my my relationship with Ferrari was as robust as it's ever been, because I do believe that Sauber, um, you know, I, I think Ferrari can spread themselves so thin, um, all three Ferrari engines this weekend uh, were right at the, the sharp end, top yeah. 10. Um, and so I hope that continues and I think Gene needs to, to make sure that that relationship is as strong as ever uh, as Saber rise. And they're going to have a reason to with Raikkonen there. Well, you know, one of the things that is interesting, there may be outside forces playing into this. Uh, the CEO of Renault, who was the big backer of getting Renault back into Formula One, is uh, under financial, is under arrest right now for he some is. financial issues. He is. So the there's debate whether the budget at Renault will stay intact or not, or how big it will be. That was a big surprise. That was a big surprise. Gosen has been a, a figurehead for a long time. For well, Nissan and very and successful. I mean, he yeah. brought Mitsubishi, Renault, and Infiniti together, uh, and he's been hugely successful. But you don't mess about with the accounts in Japan. They'll find you. <laughs> yeah, scary. All right, guys, let's go and take another break. And when we come back, we're going to go into the, the Macau Grand Prix that Jonathan was at a week ago. Sophia Floresh, we got an interview with her. Obviously, she's doing well. I want to I want to talk about that big wreck and how everyone else is doing because there were other people who were injured in that too. So listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Lone Star Rallycross, a family-friendly, time-trial, loose-surface racing series with affordable events, quality competition, and an emphasis on having fun. Co-founded by multi-time SCCA solo and Rallycross national champion, Rally America class champion, and Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner Brianne Korn and her brother Kevin Korn. Race the same car you drive to work on Monday. Just 20 minutes from Circuit of the Americas at the state's only purpose-built Rallycross facility. Online at LoneStarRallycross.com. The Austin East KOA Campground. Just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. 
Oh, Celeste doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Celeste White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Celeste, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. Jenny Gare from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. It's John Massagill sitting in the studio with Jonathan Green, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan. Last week, you were in the middle of the biggest story on motorsports on the planet. With- yeah, and I was probably the most silent on it, so I, I apologize. Oh, I know. That was really tough. I know you were representing the well, series there, yeah, and, and you, you, no one knew what was happening with Sophia Flourish. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. When, when, I mean, no, the, the, as you well know, the TV cameras didn't actually capture the accident. It was all on people's phones, which is why it spread like wildfire, because it was the crowd spreading the pictures. Um, but that's why, officially, we couldn't really comment too much on it. Um, uh, simply with a, we didn't know her condition. B, uh, we didn't know what had happened to the photographers. There was uh, two international, uh, a Japanese photographer and a local photographer that were injured. One was a lacerated uh, uh, lung, uh, and the other was a broken jaw. Uh, there, so therefore they're okay. Uh, and so too is Sophia, uh, even though she hit the wall at over what 170 miles an hour. I, I, when I woke up last Sunday morning and saw that clip, I, I was like, that is the most horrific, scary looking. I mean, at 170 miles an hour, the car flying backwards. Yeah, it was crazy, and 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 I knew you were there, Jonathan. So I and I realized. Well, we had to fill for two hours uh, when we, you know, we knew what was going on, but they were fixing the fence, and we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to. I I I'm a big believer, and I do believe that uh, you shouldn't speculate when things like this happen, and and get, you know, hey, you you know, I'm sure her parents were tuning in. Um, You know, I mean, you know, you don't want to start speculating on on the wrongs and rights and wherefores until you have the facts. We put out a, we actually did put out an official line about uh, the injuries during the podium situations, but, you know, and the drivers were talking about it before that because, you know, things were, 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 were spreading out through through text and through teams and so on and so yeah. forth. But you've got to be very careful uh, about what you officially say as the official commentator. So I apologize for not being more uh, into it, but I did get to know the young lady and did an interview with her uh, early in the week and she, uh, no question about it, is a very interesting young lady and I would like to say happy 18th birthday next week because wow. she's had uh, an 11 hour operation um, she had a uh, vertebra one vertebra broke and then she also had some um, uh, bone splints uh, that they needed to remove because uh, that was a <laughs> to be honest it just shows you how well Delara made that tub because yeah it's just crazy incredible so uh, here's Sophia Sophia Flush from Germany just turning 18 December 1st and she she says she's going to be back, but let's hear what she said. Uh, I spoke to her after her first run at Macau, and she was so excited to be at the famous street race. Sophia Flush, uh, congratulations on your first debut run here at Macau. 15th overall uh, in just two runs. You've got to be pleased with that. Yeah, well, I think we're, I'm quite happy. I'm for a rookie. I think it was a quite good job. Um, we 
started on used tyres and then switched to two new. I think some of the other teams put already four new, so that's for sure a plus point for them. Um, but we'll see where we end up in Poly 2 tomorrow. And yeah, I had a little touch with the wall as well, so just had two push laps actually on those new tyres. Um, I think if we get everything together and get proper rhythm in, I think we can even can be even faster. But yeah, I'm quite happy actually already now. When I met you yesterday, you were like leaping up and down trying to go, I can't wait till tomorrow. Uh, was it everything you expected or what surprises, if any, did you have? Uh, actually, uh, it's not what I expected. <laughs> so the track is super cool. I went out this morning was like, how the hell can you be so fast here? Um, because yes, since you're like thinking about one apex, but already three corners ahead because it's just going so fast and you need to get everything good um, to be fast. And I think this track is just unbelievable you have it nowhere else and it's super fun and actually here you see who is a good driver and yeah you're the only girl here this year but macau's got a history of several women but all the way back to the first event um what's your ambition as a racing driver because i wonder how you feel about the sort of the the instigation of an all women's series given that you're here racing against the boys um what's your take on all that um, to be honest, I want to win or drive against the best of the sport, and I think at the moment it's still men. Um, and yeah, that's also my goal for the future, to beat them. And I think when I beat them, I also beat the women records, and that's a nice bonus for me, of course. But um, yeah, I want to be fastest of everyone and not just women. Is the world changing a little bit uh, in terms of the approach? It was always hard to get sponsorship, and, and like I said, everybody kind of sort of believe that women could do it and they're proving that completely around the world whether it's indycar gts you name it uh that myth is gone but is the sponsorship possibilities and how to you know get ahead because you need money uh, is that opening up now more for women uh, it depends so as a woman it's quite difficult to get the respect you always have to show i think a little bit more than the men that you can do and that you actually really want this and live for this sport and um that's sometimes quite tough, but it's also like a good motivation to push even more in training and so. So yeah, you need to be able to work with that. Um, but it's getting better and I'm really happy to have some partners who support me, believe in me, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do the sport. Um, and I hope that there will be more coming in the future. Gonna say, being from Germany, you've got plenty of idols to look up to, I'm sure. Uh, who, who's impressed you over the years or who would you like to emulate? Um, for sure, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. I think he's a really good driver and I think his motivation and concentration during race weekends is really good. Um, he's always focused and yeah, giving 100%. And then I have a female idol as well, which is Lindsay Von from Ski Racing. Um, I think... She's a badass. Yeah, she is. And she's, I think she could be a racing driver if she wanted. Yeah, she's she's crazy cool. Um, I think what she achieved in her sport is unbelievable. And just her motivation for the sport and training is crazy. And yeah, that's what I really like on her. What's your own ambition right now? Um, well, to finish this weekend good, um, to not end up on the wall again. Um, but yeah, I think as long as it's top 12, um, I can be quite happy. It's for me the first time here and it's a really tough year this year. So we will see, but I think um, no pressure and then it will be going quite good. We have a good car, so we're happy with that. And turning 18 in a couple of weeks, I mean, I guess a full season of F3 next year, that's the plan? Yeah, I'm turning 18 in two weeks, <laughs> finally. And yeah, for sure, F3 again next year. I don't know which series because everything is changing. Um, but it will be something similar to this one again, yeah. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed the famous Macau. Keep at it uh, and see if you can improve at 15th. Well done. Thank you. Thank you.
obviously that interview before her big crash. But uh, I, yeah. I wanted to play the whole thing because she, you know, she, it was an interesting interview because uh, I, I think it's great that her, her hero is Lindsay Vaughn because she too went through amazing injuries to her knee uh, and of course is, as I said, a badass and, and one I would look up to. Uh, and now she's coming through this injury and is determined to get back. She said in her Twitter and Instagram, um, you know, she's on the mend and she's ready to go and she wants to do a full season in Formula 3. And I think we will, you know, I think we'll be hearing a lot from her. I think she's a great kid um, and uh, she's done well. And, and that was an horrific tra- crash, but... Um, yeah, pretty uh, prophetic when you ask her what about this weekend, she said just not just want to get through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was such a weird accident. I, don't, I, I, did, I haven't had a chance. I do know exactly what happened, by the way. And a lot of people have been asking me. Uh, she hit the back of another car who'd seen a yellow uh, and uh, braked early, which therefore she went into the back of uh, Jahan Daruvala, uh, lost, and then, then then she went backwards into the barriers, lost both wheels, and then effectively um, she the tub was going along the ground along the rumple strips and hit the sausage curbs, which is something that Grosjean and the GBTA are going to look at, which is you know were those the right curbs? Because that's what flew her up into the air, and it could, in some ways you know might have actually helped in some ways because she didn't hit the other car. Bottom line is she got lucky, um, and it was a freaking incident, and and safety was was well observed, and everything did work. Macau will look at it, Charlie Whiting will look at it, but um, yeah, uh, a, a, a nice story at least uh, that ended at least uh, with everybody uh, unscathed. Yeah, and well, let's talk about next year. We just got a couple minutes left in the show. I want to talk about 2019 Formula One calendar because our 21 race calendar has is going to start a little early. Of course, in Australia at Melbourne, March 17th. And so it's Australia, Bahrain, China, Azerbaijan, Spain, Monaco, Canada. I guess yeah, the, the usual suspects. The usual suspects. Uh, one difference, especially for us here in Austin, is that Mexico is going to come before Austin. So October 27th will be Mexico. And back since the, the second race here, so it's been 2013, we're That's back right. in November. So Austin, November 3rd, which I think is good for a couple of reasons. One, the weather's going to be a little cooler and more, and less chance of rain here in Austin. That's true. Yeah. In November than we get in October, That's which... Uh, you know, we've had the epic rains here. October is, so. yeah. Yeah, I quite like the idea of Mexico before. I'd like to go. Uh, I've not been to the Mexico yeah. Grand Prix. We know everybody there. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it, it keeps winning awards for what the great event they put on. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's just a mix-up. I like it. Yeah, we're going to be at a couple races next year, and I think Mexico may be one of those ones we yeah, add to right. our calendar to go, to have at least Canada. one of us. Mexico and Canada, yeah. All right, we're just about done. One of the other things I want to make sure you think about is those 2019 rule changes. There's a bunch of them. Go read about them. We'll tweet out some stuff. There's some interesting aerodynamics across the board. So that'll hey, be watch fun. out for our podcast. I've got several coming up. One on indie. Um, we've got some interesting subjects we want to talk about. I think that's what we're going to focus on over the winter. Uh, is some really in-depth uh, podcasts. Yep. And of course, go to our website, and, and that's kind of the hub for all of our our content. Speedcitybroadcast.com. Thanks for tuning in all year for the Formula One broadcast. And of course, we will talk to you next Sunday night right here in Austin. The Ciao. hammer time is over. Ciao, Ciao y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 